Messiah Bright has a target on her stakes and does not miss. It's 50 career goals for Messiah Bright. What's good? Welcome to another episode of Diaspora United. I am Andre Carlisle and I'm here as always and of course with Courtney. Courtney, how are you? Big stretch. Um, I'm okay. I just had a big stretch. Psyched about our episode with Madison Haley. Great interview. Great player. I'm like so excited. <laughs> I yeah, like that love was interviewing really people. It like gives Same. me life. I forgot. I was like, oh, this is why I enjoy journalism. (laughs) (laughs) I love talking to people. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's really dope. And it was a very good interview. And she's a really dope person. And, um, you know, we we called it Golden Boot. So we're going to be watching all the goals she's going to put in the back of the net now. But yeah, that was it was very fun. So if y'all haven't listened to it, the hell y'all doing? Go listen to it. We might not be watching her in real time because I am trying to fall asleep at normal times now. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we will definitely be hooting and hollering them on this podcast and tweeting them out from the podcast account. Facts. So, um, you know what we do? We usually do start off the episode with a review because we do appreciate when y'all like and review or rate and review the podcast. It is important for all the reasons everybody on every podcast tells you. It does help the podcast grow. It is important. It lets folks know uh, the podcast is dope and we think we're dope. And some of y'all have told us we're dope. So we're just going to go ahead and say it scientifically close to our what? Third year? Did you say? The we will be entering. We'll be entering our third year. I was like, I was like, don't, don't tell me another year has somehow passed under I mean, my listen, nose. Time does not exist since since we entered like the COVID wormhole. Time just completely does not exist anymore. So, but yes, we will be entering our third year, and uh, I think that's enough scientific evidence. Uh, so we appreciate it, and we also have more because I'm going to read this review by disgruntled player number two three. 94870. Sorry, you're disgruntled. Uh, this title of the review is called This Pod's a Keeper. See, told y'all. Uh, much like the beautiful game, there are no substitutions for this podcast. Courtney and Andre bring top bin commentary on all the latest women's soccer news. I get a kick out of their banter. Thank you, disgruntled player. Hopefully, you are not, if you're no longer disgruntled, are you gruntled? Because that sounds worse. Is that is that one of those words where it like means the same thing if it has a preposition in front of it or not? That's what it kind of sounds it, it, like. It must because I'm pretty sure that's not the other. That's not the. That's not not being disgruntled is not gruntled because that's hilarious. Uh, but whatever it is, just I love to sound extremely dumb at the beginning of a podcast. Uh, words, we'll figure it out. Um, on this episode, we are going to do. Hmm, there was a little thing that happened. Uh, I was at it. Some of y'all may have known if you follow me on the Twitters. Uh, it was the 2023 NWSL draft. That was a thing that happened. And a lot of things happened at the draft, around the draft, before the draft, during the draft. So um, we gonna talk about it. Courtney, is there anything else we need to tell the people before we get started? Nope. Let's get into it. Okay, then. All right, so the draft happened. The 2023 NWSL draft, it was bonkers. As y'all know, before the draft, Angel City made a big old trade. Uh, Yasmin Ryan went to Gotham, and there was a whole lot of money that went a whole lot of places. And eventually, Angel City ended up with the number one pick, and they did as expected and selected Alyssa Thompson, number one overall. That's kind of wild. Kind of. I saw Alyssa Thompson was courtside at a Lakers game. That's how you do it. And That's then they did identify her as number one draft pick. It was great. They did. It was amazing. I actually saw we were, and so we went to like a few like journalist folk after the after the draft because it actually ended about an hour before it was expected to end. And also, we know how these things have gone in the past. I was expecting, you know, maybe an ending maybe near midnight local time. That did not happen. So we we went out. Uh, after the draft and we saw on ESPN the bottom line was scrolling the draft picks I was like hell yeah that's what I'm talking about love to see that um, and then I also saw Alyssa Thompson was outside of a billboard of her face that's lit and that's that was so dope. cool I love seeing that I absolutely love seeing that so that's so cool um, and it seems like she, I mean at 18 I'd be losing my mind about this stuff but it seems like she's chilling she she must have just expected this and I I love that um, 
I'm going to run through uh, some players who were drafted that are notable because hmm, that's for United. Uh, Michelle Cooper. Cooper. I don't know why I said it like I'm from Baltimore. <laughs> Michelle Cooper. Uh, number two, Kansas City Current. <laughs> Gabrielle Robinson. Uh, number 15, to Kansas City. Messiah Bright went turn 21. Y'all. Foolish. That made me so mad. I know we're so, going to go over the rest, so but that mad. made me we so are. mad. That was dumb. That was extremely dumb. For for a league that where you're like, if you have a consistent goal scorer, like that's a really hard thing to be in this league. And they just like left one of the best ones in college just chilling there until the 21st pick. Real stupid. But Orlando Pride finally stopped, stopped that nonsense and picked her up. Pride had a sneaky good draft. Um, maybe not even sneaky good, just quite good. <laughs> uh, Jaleesa Harris went to uh, number 22 to Houston Dash. Jaden Edwards to Rossing Louisville, number 29. And Micaiah Menace, number 35, 35th overall pick to Kansas City Current. Kansas City picked like three black players. Okay, I see you. They also somehow have continued fleecing everyone. Yeah, they sure did. Um, but they also did something I did not like. And we might as well talk about this. You know, I mean, we mentioned trades before. And, and I'll just say, like, before the draft, there's a few things that happened that are to talk about. Like, Elise Bennett going to Oil Rain. Uh, that was an interesting move by them. But it wasn't the only attacker they shipped out. They shipped out Lynn Williams. She went to Gotham. And she posted on Instagram that she was shocked. And I didn't like that at all. I completely agree. Um, if, if it's your first time listening to this podcast welcome but also we of this podcast really we were like you know very supportive of players taking charge of their future especially in the nwsl where if you literally play in any other league in the world you are in charge of your future um and yeah i remember that well first when the news dropped because if you had listened to two podcast episodes ago we were you know having a little little preview of the draft and i was like gotham gets michelle cooper that's great Wow. Oh my God. And then, of course, in true NWSL fashion, <laughs> there's a timeout and a trade. Um, actually, I don't remember if there's an actual timeout, but there was a big trade. And Lynn Williams is now a player, a member of Gotham. And I was like, oh, wow. Gotham doing smart things in the offseason. What on earth is going on? Um, but yeah, the response from Lynn did not like it, was not a fan. Cause like it's that like that's just never okay, especially when you are trading a player to, and you can kind of read this in two ways of either she was told there was a chance she was getting traded, but she wasn't expecting to be traded, or she just didn't know at all and got traded. <laughs> Both are not ideal. One is significantly worse than the other, um, and so to me, and and like I've kind of started thinking my way about this, where it really is. Like, obviously, we know that clubs, especially in the NWSL, for players, coaching staff, anything really, are making, like, kind of making increase at all times, being like, hello, is this player interested in coming to the end of, like, coming to my team, or is this coach, or blah, 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 like, all of these things. But it really is on the home, like, on the person's club to inform them about like to and to easily communicate with them of like either this thing is happening but also I would think that the player should have a say like obviously if it's a, if it's coaching staff or anyone in the front office like they have a say in their career um but especially for players like the players should have a say or should at least like at the bare minimum like agree to being traded and so yeah. um yeah that really just kind of really dampened the mood overall about Lynn now being a player for Gotham, which I'm extremely excited about, but knowing that she was not expecting this trade is like, it's just kind of unacceptable. And so, yeah, I really and you know, I, I completely like agree. And I, that's one reason why I was kind of like, I, I do like most of the work that Kansas city did in the draft and obviously in the off season. I mean, they basically got three of the biggest free agents uh, that there were available, including Dabinia, which is just bonkers. So, and I, and I do, uh, I'm sure, given the salary cap and everything else, there was probably a financial reason for moving Lynn as well. So understanding all of those things. But when Lynn posted, she's shocked by this. And, it, and there was also a hint of sadness. So I, I just pulled it up. Um, the actual caption, she posted herself and it looks like a Casey current kind of, it was like a teal sweatshirt. And it says, Casey, I'm just as shocked as you are. 
I would have loved to play in front of you. And then there's a line break. It says Gotham. I couldn't be more excited to get things started. LFG and a little bad emoji. So she's already down with the Batman thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's that sh- just as shocked as you are. And I would have loved to play in front of you thing that really makes me sad because Lynn played like one, played one 90 minutes for them. She d- delivered an assist. She went down with an injury. They found out there was some really complicated things of injuries, past injuries that didn't heal correctly and other things. And she was out, but then she's back. Like she's in New Zealand with the U.S. Women's National Team. Like she's back back. Not like, hmm, will she come back? We don't know. We're going to have to hedge our bets here. She's back. And I think that it's frustrating to see that happen to anybody. But yo, I feel like people also forgot how good Liv Williams is. Like you are talking about a three-time NWSL champion. You're also talking about a golden boot winner. Like, come on. Like, Lynn, Lynn deserves more. Like, I think every player deserves some autonomy, or at least the communication. But in terms of, like, players who who have given a lot to this league, I just, I, it, something about the move just didn't, didn't sit right with me. And it was basically all of this coming together and seeing how sad she was. So, yeah, I'm really hoping that things go well in Gotham. I think they will. I mean, one thing you don't do is piss off professional athletes who are very good at scoring goals. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And also if you take like, it is interesting to see the reaction from people um, like on Lynn's Instagram comments. And obviously everyone is like, seems to be relatively supportive, but I think it's also like, and I mean, I know we're probably going to get to it too when we talk about the trades section is that, it's probably like I'm assuming people aren't really telling their teammates when they're leaving or intended to leave and things like that. So also seeing the response by other athletes in the NWSL, like Kelly O'Hare obviously is very happy, but um, like Lola Bonta come to uh, crying emojis. Addison Merrick was like, I'm going to miss you. Uh, Desiree Scott basically did like a sad emoji and a heart. And then Sam Kerr was like, nice little squad. And I was like, come play, come, come play for Gotham. Hey, um, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, stop it. Nope. Cut that out. Um, <laughs> I literally saw that and immediately coughed, come play for Gotham. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, it just like does dampen the whole mood. And people were like, the Snacks broadcast has broken up. And I was like, well, technically she's going from one Mewis to the other Mewis. So not 100% broken up. You can't um, but just yeah. swap new eye I'm, like that. I'm joking. My goodness. <laughs> I'm literally not serious about that. Stuff to team, uh, UI, uh, well, she did She Mewis? did at one point say that <laughs> Chrissy might have been her emotional support muse. <laughs> um, so one emotional support muse to another emotional support muse. Um, but also the Snacks podcast is 100% going to continue. Yes. Like, yes. like they're not. The they know they can't leave. Podcast is not ending. Yeah, they know they can't leave they, us because they don't play for the same team anymore. Um, but yeah, that does it. Does just like change things, and fortunately, it reminds you that the NWSL is still the NWSL and still functions as an American sports league, which yeah, is not ideal. No, it's not, and I, I you know, so. Uh, Commissioner Jessica Berman did a little media availability. Um, uh, I think it was like a day before the draft because I was driving down. Uh, so I had to join it as I was driving uh, through Dangerous. Pennsylvania, which was uh, fun. Uh, but yeah, I was listening to that and there was a question about the draft overall. And it does sound like she's giving it to a new member of the front office. I can't remember the, the, the name. I think it is Tatiana Murphy. Sorry if that's wrong. Um, but she's supposed to be like kind of almost like a sporting kind of like director to try to figure out some of the best processes and they're going to review things. I know from things that Jessica Berman said on that call uh, as well, that she really loves the draft. She thinks she, she kind of has the like American sort of like fanaticism a bit or, 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 or uh, like fantasy kind of world a little bit about what the draft is. You know, it's hope it's new beginnings. It's all of this. And I'm like, it's also uh, in it, uh, it is not good for the players. Uh, it just really is only very good for owners. Uh, you can get the best players if you're the worst team. How you get rewarded for being bad? Who, did, who does that? Where they do that at? Apparently here. Um, so it's kind of an, an annoying thing, but apparently they're going to review these processes, see what, the, see what it is. We'll see. I mean, do I expect the draft to be completely abolished? Probably not. And I hate to say that because it absolutely needs to be. And, you know, we've talked on this podcast before. It ain't just that everybody's going to want to go to California 
um, or, or whatever. Like Casey's doing big things. We already know like the Washington Spirit have new owners. Portland and Chicago are going to soon have new ownership. Like you, we got to start expecting a lot more, a lot, lot more from front offices. And I think we've got like a crew now. We have like a crew of owners who are ambitious, whereas before they were really like conservative and tight and just trying to like had this really reserved conservative mindset when it came to the league. And I think a lot of owners now see like what it can be and how much it could explode, not only in valuation, but just like popularity, talent, TV deal, everything. So I'm hoping that they see all of this and realize that there's a better alternative. Yeah, I also think the draft is not going anywhere, um, but particularly because the rules of the draft have also been spelled out in the CBA that the NWSL has with the Players Association. Um, But unlike before, where, you know, we kind of saw that there were like seem to be some funny rules about the draft um, in terms of like, you know, who has a player's rights, things like that. The, the PA has, you can, I don't want to read all this because it's like seven paragraphs or the stuff, but you can go um, to the NWSLPA's like Twitter account, for example, or I'm pretty sure it's also on their Instagram um, about how play, like how now teams either have to give a play, like a player that they drafted a contract, trade the player's rights to the, to another team or just waive the players rights, which I think is really important because, you know, it's not the type of thing where it's like a, not only, like either a player is in limbo about their future. Um, but also it just like, to me, at least it reads that it like the players are having, have a lot more control over their future. Cause it's either that they have to get like, they're getting traded to another team that is either interested in them or they're getting waived altogether, which means they can, um, you know, go to other teams and things like that. Or if they choose not to sign with the, like they choose not to sign with a team, decide to go somewhere else like Europe, for example, um, that there's also a limit on how long a team can also have a player, like a draft player's rights, which I honestly don't think has necessarily been spelled out before. (laughs) Um, Honestly, it feels like a lot of these things around the draft were just like question marks and things out of a magic hat. So um, it's good that the, you know, that these are laid out and that it also, you know, it does give a lot more control to the player as well. <laughs> there. Yeah. So let's get to a couple other moves, um, that happened in the draft. I will say I didn't, I didn't put this in the doc, but Paige Monahan did leave Gotham, um, going to Rossing, Louisville. So that's, Makes that's sense. another move that happened. Uh, Makes and then Deanna Ordonez. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, gets traded to Houston. Now we hear later on that she wanted to. She was wanting to either be closer to family or whatever, you know, kind of the the line was that they had. But I, I think that that leaves North Carolina in a wild position. Because if you look at the stats from their season in 2022, Ordonez and Dabinia scored exactly, are you ready? Half, goals. half of all of their goals scored. They scored 23 combined. They scored 46 all season. What? So they just lost all of that in a matter of just one off season and basically in a matter of a couple of weeks because Dabinia was like, I'm not coming back. And they're like, all right, cool. And then in this draft, Ordonez is gone. And I was just like, I was super surprised by that. I did not expect it. And I got to tell you, when that was announced, Everybody was looking around like like nobody had a heads up on this one. That was one that completely shocked everybody. Yeah, that when that happened, I was like, "Oh my word!" <laughs> I was like, "What? What happened?" Um, I turned into Ben Montblanc. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised about that. We did later learn, um, and also actually, Houston did some like really cute like welcome to Houston type things, and had I think Hector Herrera send her a message. It was very cute. Um, but yeah, we did learn that Diana Ordonez wanted to go closer to home. It was great that North Carolina, like, like helped that happen. Like it wasn't like a thing where we've seen before where players are just kind of held, held up by their teams and things like that. Um, so that was, you know, really ideal, but, and with the Ordonez news, I mean, technically it came maybe a day after we learned that North Carolina's, um, Fuka Nagano has now signed for Liverpool as well. So there seems to be just, and 
to be fair, also with that, we later learned that North Carolina was like, we knew that this is something that she wanted to do to go play in England. So we are letting her go do that, which like big picture. Yes, that is great (laughs) to let players have control of their futures, but slightly smaller big picture where are these goals going to come for North Carolina? Because there's no Dabinia, there's no Ordonez. Um, we didn't see Fuka play a ton, but when she did, she was like, honestly, I thought she was really good playing for them as well. And, you know, was contributing. So just many questions, many questions about North Carolina. Yeah, I think so. My thing is like, all right, like I respect them doing the thing where like if she wants to go, you know, if Ordonia says she wants to go, that's really sad. You try to convince her to stay, do what you can and be like, all right, you know, how can we help you like be comfortable here? And if it's like your mind's made up, okay, cool. We'll try to move you and all of that. And that's that's fine. Like I get that. Uh, And Dabinia, you know, she was a free agent. That possibility was already there. They should have probably been planning for that for a while. I actually, I, I, I put into Slack chat that like, I'm pretty sure North Carolina just like everybody in North Carolina front office had like their fingers and toes crossed when that ruling was coming down that the arbiter going to say like those those players that they, they were in the discrepancy between the, the NWSL and the NWSLPA about if club options count for free agency. And when there was ruled that they do, that they don't count, I'm sorry, that they those players would be free agents. It felt like they just like put up the Wiley Coyote sign that just said help, and then that was it. Like that, <laughs> like that, that that was what they were done. They were done, and so like I get it, but also what's the plan? Like some of this is unplanned. I get it. Maybe Ordonia has popped up in the last like couple weeks, is or is kind of what we've been led to believe from both coaches. But like, yo, the the Bina thing was probably gonna happen. Y'all probably can't offer her the bag she wants. You don't really have the training facility like Kansas City has. There are a lot of options. There are a lot of options from Europe, too. So, I mean, when she was a free agent, she's not only an NWSL free agent, like she could go anywhere. And there was always the rumors to Arsenal as well. So, like, I felt like they they, they knew that. And it was interesting to kind of see. And obviously the, the offseason ain't over, but I was just kind of like looking at their draft and I'm, I'm a little confused, right? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, what is the strategy? I know they got a, so so, and I know this kind of gets into some draft talk, um, and I don't want to get into that yet because I do want to like pick out like maybe like a winner and a loser or something like that, or maybe just talk about whatever we thought was interesting uh, where teams ended up after the draft. But you know they got Olivia Wingate, who I think is a good player. But they took her first, like they had three first round picks, and I don't know if too many play, like I, I haven't seen any professional like mock drafts or draft boards. But I read, I did a mock draft. There are a lot of um, outlets that also did mock drafts. I don't remember seeing Wingate going like in the first round in any of them. So I was a little surprised about that. I think Wingate had a really good season because Corbin Albert, who was an absolute baller, uh, drew a lot of attention from the defense. Um, But I mean, she still had a a decent season. Don't want to like knock her, but it was, it was a bit of a surprise pick, you know, Sydney Collins defender also know you need defenders, but you know, you also you need goal scores more. Clara Robbins was a good pick as well. I think she's uh, probably like a pro-ready midfielder. So get that pick, but also where the goal is coming from. And they got Haley Hopkins, UVA. I know, I know you're you're, you're who's. I, I know you're gonna do it, but but like, <laughs> is Hopkins gonna be their leading scorer next year? Like, is she gonna Ordonia? If I'm being honest, she probably could. I like she. She don't have to. I mean, if so, if I to be fair. If I were the North Carolina Courage, and I'm not saying this because I went to UVA, I probably honestly would have tried to draft like Spanstra and Hopkins together because right. the two of them together can definitely get you a lot of goals. Yes. And they work really well together. So I like would have drafted those two players together. Pretty sure Spanstra went to KC, which is like KC, it's somewhat. What is Joe Biden going to do about the Kansas City Courage? Okay. Right. (laughs) What is he going to do about them? Um, But yeah, I probably would have drafted the two of them together. I will say Hopkins should get you a good, like a good amount of goals. She's actually a player kind of similar to her. Like she, you know, after Ordonius left and got drafted, it was Haley Hopkins um, kind of filling that same role of trying to get a good amount of goals for UVA. And she has scored plenty of goals for UVA. So it's like, it is 100% a great pickup but I just yeah it's just like a little bit confusing and it makes me think like 
okay. Like, obviously we don't know what's going to happen this season, but you know, they, it's very hard. Like you can probably draft four players to try to fill the shoot, like to fill the hole that Dabinia is leaving in your team. But yeah, I don't really know. Cause I even think about, you know, this time last year, knowing that, okay, Dabinia is still there. Okay. They drafted, they got Caroline, they drafted Ordonez. Um, but thinking about, you know, oh, Sam, Sam Hughes has left. Oh, Lynn Williams has left. Oh, where are the goals going to come from? Um, so, yeah, they're, they're like a lot of questions kind of floating around North Carolina right now. But, I mean, they do have a, a – in that Ordonia trade, they, you know, obviously they traded up to get the number eight pick that they used in the draft, but they also have a international spot. So maybe that could go to someone. And then they also got, you know, $100,000 in allocation money. So maybe they have something pulled up their sleeve. I don't know. Well, so that, and I think, and, and my bad, because I said three first round picks, they had four. Oh, no, they four. did have, yeah, they had four first round picks. They they drafted a lot of players. 12. And that I was wild to me. I was also very, I was, I can't lie. I was confused about the the four first round picks and not, and like who they drafted. To be fair, I don't watch a ton of college soccer because um, I quite simply don't have time. Let's let's be honest here. I do not have time with my job <laughs> and trying to catch up with catch yeah. up with the NWSL and the WSL and like other and sometimes we get Mickey Samuel. But yeah, 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 like yeah. there it's just impossible. My brain doesn't have that much space. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I just I don't know. And also thinking about who they like other players they have potentially coming in. Um we know that Tess um Bodie of mm. the Western Wanderers of the A League got got injured and has already returned yeah. to the US and we don't know when she's coming back. So, yeah, honestly, I I don't know. There are a lot of questions surrounding North Carolina, but yeah, I mean, so like and and I don't want to keep talking about North Carolina because I I you know, this ain't really a North Carolina Courage podcast. That would be terrible if it was. Sorry. Um <laughs> but, but like I just don't understand out of nowhere. Right. I just don't like you could package a couple first round picks. Like this draft class was loaded. You didn't necessarily have to even make all four selections. You could have got like more established players, make trades, talk to players. And of course, if you're trying to do that, like on draft night, of course, you're not going to be able to like convince anybody to come or sell them on your project, especially if they're an established player. But I just feel like all the, like they had three draft picks already. So like getting or first round picks. So getting four is kind of wild. And then, like you said, you know, there are some players that they didn't even pick up. Like you mentioned, Alexis Spanstra. I think it would have been perfectly fine to like, hey, y'all were killing it at UVA. Go ahead and do the same thing. Like, y'all already have a connection. Do that. They picked back-to-back eight and nine. So they could have done that. And I also think like they left Izzy Diakia on the, bo- on the board as well. They let her go to Portland at 12 when they had the 11th pick. So I just think there are a lot of things they could have done. I think, I think Izzy is going to be a really good goal scorer in the league. And it's just it's, it's, it was an interesting draft to me. Um, from them but i guess uh we'll see what happens yeah, and it's like they also could have drafted messiah bright like well they like, sure could have they, they sure, sure could, could have, have. but yes. yeah it's just it i can't lie it is a little bit of confusing behavior you know what else was confusing ol rain oh i was like, getting I emily sonnet this <laughs> i'm sorry Silves. i'm sorry it was actually you know what i'm sorry behind i gotta give y'all some behind the scenes content because you know, everybody's just kind of running around. Like, even though we're at the draft, like, you, you've got, like, a whole sectioned-off part where all the team tables are and everything, and it ain't like you can overhear them because, like, the DJ was blasting music. Like, you can't really see, but you'll see, like, commotion happening over there. Like, you'll see somebody go to one table, and they're going back and forth. And so, like, you kind of oh, know really? something's happening. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. It's kind of wild to, like, see the stuff happen in real time. And then, like, that we, we pulled up a tweet that mentioned – that O.L. Rain was probably involved in some Emily Sonnet talks. And I showed that to Sylves and she just kind of stared at me like, like, like the life drained from her face. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then, uh, and then it was announced when it happened, or at first it was announced as player to be named later. And then of course, while everybody was still chilling in the draft room, O.L. Rain confirmed that it was Sonnet. But like, I, I, I don't really understand this one really from Rain's perspective or from the spirit perspective. Like, I think Sonnet had one of her best seasons ever uh, as a mm-hmm. pro by playing center back next to Sam Staub 
for the Washington Spirit. I mean, they won a championship with those two playing central defense. I don't understand it from O.L. Reign, and maybe there's more moves to be made. I don't know if, like, Alana Cook is trying to go to Europe or something. I really don't know. Like, I heard nothing, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that, like, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that, like, (laughs) you are, (laughs) that, that, like, you'd have a settled back line like the Reign have with Cook and Hyatt. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense that you would insert that because, also, it ain't like Sonic's going to help you when the World Cup comes, because she's probably going to be going to if Vlatko follows his, you know, who he's been calling up. So it's not even like it's going to be some relief there. So like I'm just completely confused about this, and I, I, from from really both sides. Yeah, it was very confusing to me because I do think Emily Sana had one of her best, like you know, one of her best pro seasons, specifically at center back, because we know she kind of flourishes in Sweden at outside back. Um, but yeah, it's it's very confusing to me. The only way I could see this working is maybe they do a three at the back, or I do was like kind a. Of wondering about that. I that was like, I mean, it's, it's three at the back, but then like I don't know. You'd have to play like a a four three three. I don't think you can really. I mean, maybe you could do a, a three five two with Heidema and and but Pino doesn't even. I mean, you're not gonna play Pino as a wing back. And then she <laughs> like, it's not gonna happen. Um, oh, that would be the worst. <laughs> like it's, I mean, unless it's like, unless you do, unless you find a way to do some like, I don't know, some magic. But it's like, okay, you think about players that you're probably not going to have for the World Cup. That honestly, that's probably like a significant amount of oil rain. Like even not just from like the U.S. perspective. Like I think Angelina should. Um, or sorry, Angelina should be back playing by that time. She's definitely going for Brazil. Um, Heidema's out for Canada. Like, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have players missing, but like the the players that you're really gonna be missing are mostly your attackers. Not like obviously I well not obviously. I would hope that Vlaco picks Alana Cook. But it's like, okay, so yeah, out of the back line you have Alana Huerta. Mm-hmm. But like and maybe you're just looking for some coverage there, but also Emily Sana has been called back up to the exactly. national team pool. So yeah. I don't know. It is, I can't lie. It's very confusing. Um, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Maybe they, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about like three at the back and maybe they could do like a three, four, three, get some Tobin in there. Get yeah, some, I just, I, I was like, unless you do like a strike partnership of like Z and like, if you do a three, five, two and you play the Z and Heidema, Maybe Balser and Heidema, maybe a Balser and Heidema, but like also wing. that's like a well, I don't like Z as a wing back. I don't. Yeah, I was going to say. See, this is my this is my. I was <laughs> um, thinking about this before. I was like maybe three four three, but do you really want to go just like two central midfielders, especially given the way that they you know work like to keep possession of the ball and work the ball? They're probably going to need another midfielder, but that's the only way to get like Elise Bennett, Z, you know, Rapino. You're gonna have I to guess have Elise Bennett's out there. Yeah, like you, you need you need wingers out there to do stuff. So then you are talking about three five two. Maybe you have an attacking, you know, like midfielder in there, and maybe somebody takes that role that we're not anticipating. But officially, like, I don't see that either. Yeah, I, I, it's confusing. If they do three at the back, I'll be really surprised because I was thinking about that uh, before. I, I was like, before I go, may, maybe before I judge this trade, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe the clear answer is they need three center backs for a specific reason. And then I started thinking about, okay, how would this work? And I was like, yo, if they do this, ew. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because it's like also, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess you could play Hytem and Balser in a two, but it's also like those aren't well, a. In what the past, let's say five years, we've really gone away from four four twos. Um, yeah. a, a, like at least you know two strike partnership. Sometimes you see a four four two diamond, but like except, except, except. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here because I was actually talking to Jason about this a little bit. <laughs> a, a team that could do a four four two for real, for real, for real, for real. Houston, Salmon oh, and Ordonez. I think Let's Gotham go. could do a. I think Gotham could do a four four two. They could, but I'm yo. Give Give you me Ordonez um, and Salmon though. Give, I think mean, about it. Think about well, it. No, yes, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you just have like Sanchez play as like a, a true winger, uh-huh. uh, like old school winger. But I was like, Go- Gotham, Gotham could do it too if you play Anamanu and then you have 
Lynn running it behind. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And then Mitch on one side. Nasty. I don't like it. Oh Jesus. I know. Yeah. It, yeah, as soon as it said four four two, I said what 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 teams in the league could actually play a four four two or like a or at least a three like a, a two strike partnership up top. Yeah. The rest of it can figure itself out. Um, and I was like, yeah, Gotham could do it with person. I meant sorry with um, like with Lynn Efi. That would actually be delicious. Because Ify's hold up play is elite. That would be delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be fun to watch Lynn with Gotham. On the other side. Honestly, if Gotham wanted to do like a 3 5 2 with having wingbacks of. I don't want to speak this into. Don't don't do it. I know what you're going to do. Don't do it. But. Come on, man. If you think about Bruninha on the other side as a wingback. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know who I'm thinking about on the other side of the wingback? I do. Because she'd be really good at it. But. (sighs) I know. Anyway. But we just started getting her listed as a forward on the U.S. national team again. So we can't, we can't go back. I ain't going I back. <laughs> I know. I hate that for me. But I'm just saying it It actually could be delicious. It really could. It could. It could be, no, we can just do a 4 4 2. You can just there have Bruninha, yes. Bruninha as a pure winger um, yeah. and Midge as a pure winger. There we go. I'm trying now to we're talking. Who, who All right. Playing? We're back. We're who back. Was oh, and. Yasmin Ryan can just play as a winger. See, there you go. Get Yasmin in there. See that now we're talking. Okay, we're good. We we back. We back. We did it. We got away from that. Um. But it could be. I'm just saying it could be delicious. Look, she could if she she could literally be Reese and Lawrence James at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) That's possible. It it is true. It is true. Um, Okay, Um, we got to move on. Yes, let's let's move for four minutes. Let's. I know, right? Let's let's do our. I'm. We're gonna put. Well, we're gonna close this with me just kind of talking a little bit about like what it was like to be after this. My first draft, like live, and it was the first draft I believe, like live draft in what like three years. Um, so it it's yes, been a while. I would say so. And Probably since 2020. Yeah. So so it's it's been a while. The draft, you know, I heard from everybody who had been to multiple live drafts that this was the biggest, this was the wildest one they've been to that that has existed. And I just want to talk about like the experience and like where that the game is at. And even though I don't love the draft as like a concept, a product itself or a mechanism itself, I still think that it it produces a lot of fun. But before we do any of that, um, I do want to put us both on the spot. And if you can give me one, maybe two teams that you think won the draft and then give me one maybe te- two teams that you think lost the draft we kind of probably talked about the ones we think took l's but you know maybe maybe you'll surprise me so who you got for a winner uh, what andre how about you go while i relook <laughs> at all of the draft picks okay because there was technically 48 of them there were there were a lot of draft picks, and I think over 250 players registered too. So they did. Like, there's going to be a lot of players that get on some like preseason squads that are going to be ones to watch. I think a lot of players that weren't drafted are going to end up earning contracts because this class was loaded and it was ridiculous. So you know, I'm I'm I, I think the obvious ones that people are probably going to call out are like you know Gotham, Kansas City, but I want to give a little shout out to Orlando. I think that Orlando has, I mean, Orlando's thing has been their thing for many off seasons now. I think since like 2018 It's just like, y'all need to commit to a rebuild and actually rebuild. And this felt like an actual rebuild, especially if you look at all the players they drafted, they're basically right along the spine. Like Emily Madrill, center back, modern center back too, Messiah Bright, good number nine, quality goal scorer, Tori Hansen. Played center back for uh, UNC. Summer Yates, a good like attacking midfielder um, for for Washington. Kristen Scott, another player. Like I thought that they did very very well with their draft, and I was I was impressed. And that's what you need to do. Like you're not gonna, you know they they got themselves into a, a point where they're going to like they need to be able to show that they're going in a particular direction. And sorry, Kristen Scott is a forward. I just said another player, another forward player is what I meant to say. Um, But they needed to show like teams that they're going in a particular direction, like show other players they're going in a direction, like make themselves an attractive destination. So it was always going to be hard. Like we heard they were in the Dabinia sweepstakes, but when you look at it, facilities for Kansas City and also like Kansas City, like Dabinia mentioned, she wants to win a championship again. 
And you, who are you more likely to do that with right now? A team that was just in the championship or a team that was at the bottom of the table? I mean, Kansas City was at the bottom of the table the season before, so maybe you, you take a gamble on that. But also, KC is showing a lot of ambition, whereas Orlando hadn't. And so Orlando showing ambition in this draft is something they really needed to do. So I think they picked some really high, like, you, bringing players into the NWSL is never 100% guaranteed, but they picked a lot of players who you would probably say they got a good chance to succeed. Like Madrill is a very good player. Messiah Bright is a very good player. Summer Yates is a very interesting player in terms of the attack, like running the midfield. And she doesn't have to be great because they got um, Marta back. So she can learn. She can kind of develop. And of course, if you can't learn from like watching Marta all day, now you're not going to become Marta. So that's unfortunate, but you can still be very (laughs) effective in the league. But yeah, I, I do think that when I look at who needed to prove something in the draft, I really look at Orlando and say, okay, I see it looks like y'all finally committed to a rebuild, and I'm interested to see what happens down there. Oh, so we're talking winners? We are talking winners for now, yes. Okay. Um, Casey, I mean, it's kind of obvious. They just keep fleecing people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like in the draft, in the offseason, they just keep fleecing people. Um, honestly, I'm also going to say Angel City. I know that they technically only drafted yeah. two players. Like Correct. they drafted, um, they drafted Alyssa Thompson, and then they also mm-hmm. drafted Angelina Anderson, who played at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, getting like a future star in the making, like, and that's just going to already add more excitement to your team. Um, I think that was honestly a smart move, and I also think um, I do think Gotham did well in the draft. Um, they got a very very solid midfielder in uh, Jenna Nicewanger. Um, who's just like the Florida State players sometimes are bonkers. Um, yeah. I, also, I want to give a shout out to Orlando. I think they did well in the draft uh, for all the reasons that you said. Um, losers of the draft to me, I'm going to give three and three. So three. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I hope this, like, I hope for our friends who support North Carolina State that it turns out really well for them. Um, I mean, we just spent like 10, probably 15 minutes talking about it. Like <laughs> North Carolina, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just really, I am confused a little bit. Um, and obviously we know that last season they had, you know, some players that were injured and they're going to have some players coming back like Kiki Pickett, for example. Um, but yeah, just a little bit confused by their draft. And also I hope Haley Hopkins scores a bajillion goals for them, not against Gotham, but I hope she's like a really great <laughs> pick for them. Um, another team who I don't think did, great in the draft or the other so the other two teams I don't think did great in the draft and it's and I only say this because these teams these these two teams have lost a ton of players in the offseason is racing Louisville and the Chicago Red Stars now I will say racing you know did sign a player like Paige Monahan who is super quick on it like the past two seasons has scored a good amount of goals for Gotham to be fair this past season. Unfortunately, she didn't score as many as she hoped um, to have scored, but you know, she's still getting in really, really good areas and like finding good space and is super quick um, and works really hard. And, and so it's like, that's a, a great, like, honestly, I think that's a great signing for Louisville. Um, but yeah, it's just like these, you know, for both racing and for Chicago, they both lost a ton of, like they've lost a ton of players in the off season. And so they like, you know, really need to recruit more and more players. And now that we know that unfortunately, Amina Ekic broke her leg in Australia or oh. broke, broke something in Australia that yeah, made, you know, that she had to come home to basically rehab. So yeah, I don't know. Cause also with, I mean, with racing, for example, they like, they have like, as opposed to North Carolina who've, mostly lost players really in their attack um or like in an attacking sense for racing and for chicago they've lost like they've lost players through their spines they've just lost players like literally all around the pitch so i don't know i think i would have hoped for specifically racing and chicago that they probably would have tried to do something like you know trade and find a way to get more allocation money to get some players that are like maybe a little bit higher up the draft. Obviously, I mean, racing, to be fair, to have the number... They had the second and third pick in the second round 
if you want to do quick math, I think that's 13 and 14 or 14 to 15 or something. Um, but yeah. And it's like, I do think they picked up solid players, but I'm yeah, they also had just a like, 16 and 17 in the second round. Oh, okay, 16 and 17. But yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm also like, y'all need, y'all just quite simply need more players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just I mean, in their one, quit. they passed on Messiah Bright too. So they also passed on Messiah Bright, which is silly again. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, y'all, y'all need more players. <laughs> like quite simply, y'all need more players. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, my we already talked about my loser, so we don't really have to like go in depth on it. But like the one big move that OL Rain made was bringing in a player that they didn't really need. So I mean, I, I may look stupid. Oh, yeah, fair. I may look real stupid in a bit. Like I, I really don't know what they got her to like guard against. Like I, I'm, I'm wondering, does Alana Cook really want? Does she want to go back to Europe? Like that's what keeps popping in my mind because it's the only thing that would make any sense. But until that happens or until there's a, a deal or something, if they go into the season, then like it's, it's an unnecessary player for competition that they didn't that didn't necessarily need and isn't going to be around when the national teams play because she's going to be gone uh, along with them more than likely. So I don't I don't get it. I don't really know what they were doing. The good news for them is they didn't need to do a lot. They, they didn't need to do a lot. But if you're going to bring in a big name player um, via a trade of some sort and give up your 2024 first round pick. I don't know why I would be that player. Um, I, I truly don't. Like I'm, and this ain't even like Emily Sonnet hate. It's just like I don't see a need for her in the team. Um, you have a right back who's incredible and part of the national team. You have a center back pairing that's been very solid and good. You have, even if you want to put her in like defensive midfield, you have defensive midfielders. You got Quinn there. You have players that I think are better suited to play uh, the style that they want to play um, and, and with better um, kind of more consistent passing. So I don't really understand the move at all. So yeah, they're my loser. Until 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 proven otherwise, until other moves happen to make it make sense, it'll make no sense. Um, all right. How about I do a quick like I don't I don't even want to like talk about this a ton because I think some of it can get a little insular, right? It was like for me it was a good thing because it's been a lot it's been a while since I was around like I guess not why it was a championship game, but this was a little bit different because um, there was a little bit more downtime. Like a championship game is all 100% about the championship game and, you know, all of all the things that go on with that. But the draft was fun as hell to go to. Just so, so fun. And I'm go honestly ahead, rub not... It in my face. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly not used to NWSL events being very well run. Uh, so this was very well run i thought like i again i was at it i don't have any idea what it looked like on tv i didn't watch any of the tv coverage um in fact i i had it here's one beef i can throw out i had it on my computer for a while but then once everybody like got into the little the the ballroom the venue um the wi-fi was just like nah i'm I'm out so the wi-fi was just like absolutely unusable like 10 minutes into the draft uh, so that was that was about it. So I didn't see anything in terms of production. So I don't know what that looked like, but it was just cool being there. Um, it, it it was handled within like a short period of time. They got four rounds done. Like I said, a little after 10 p.m. when they had actually scheduled to go until 11 p.m. And all of us really thought it was going to be even later than that. So that was cool. You could tell, you know, the intensity in the room, the excitement, like you could hear cheering sections when players' names were called. You could see kind of players going up there and like crying, tears in their eyes or just joyous. And you could like see their personalities because then after they were like interviewed on stage, you came back and you could talk to them, you know, after they do their little photo shoot. You know, they did the thing with the phones, which was silly, but I, I liked it. Um, so, yeah, I just I thought that this was a really cool event. Um, it was kind of a really dope thing to be a part of and kind of just getting used to like this is the way the world used to be. You know, we, you went to events and you just did a draft. This felt like something that hadn't been like something had been missing for a while um, in terms of like the end, because it's, it's very different in person uh, than watching it on, on TV and not to rub it in again, Courtney, I'm sorry, but, but it is, it is, it was dope. It was dope. And I appreciated it. And I, it was fun. And if you have a, if you're ever like, near anywhere where they're going to do it. I don't know if they're going to take it on the road or whatever. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just been in the same place for a while. But, like, it's not a bad event to go to. 
it's just kind of fun. Like the energy is cool. It's a different kind of energy. So if you ever have the opportunity, you know, it, it's kind of dope. And there were a lot of su- supporters too. Like Gotham supporters showed up. Uh, they were handed out their, their cards, which are, you know, a red card and a yellow card. I appreciated that. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, you had some team representation there too. And, and of course their closest fan base, but still it was dope. It was dope. I appreciated it. Um, and, I, and I'm done. I'm done. I told you it was going to be short. I'm done. I'm not going to have it in. Oh, no, it's okay. I have one more thing to say. Um, Actually, I'm taking racing off my list of who did not do well in the draft because I forgot that they signed a bunch, like three international players. (laughs) They have a young Brazilian as well. I like completely forgot about these players. that They they technically signed. So they're missing that what they signed like five players in the draft. They're they're now missing less players. Really the biggest losers still Chicago. And all of them. uh, <laughs> they're still they're still the biggest yeah. loser, um, and technically the second biggest loser is um, also every team that did not sign Miss Bright and let her go number tw- number twenty one. Foolish, um, Andre. Before we head out, one last question for you. Yes. What are we going to learn from the U.S. Women's National Team two games <laughs> in New Zealand? Not a damn thing. Uh, absolutely <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't think we're going to learn a damn thing. I think they're going to learn like the best coffee shops in the area. Um, I think they're going to learn. <laughs> the best like, coffee shops. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to learn like, you know, the routes to take that are the quickest or most efficient. Um, they're going to know where the gas stations are, like gas up the buses. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, we got, it's it's like New Zealand's missing like 13 players. And we brought like the squad. Like the squad is what we brought. Like if the squad was like, obviously not Sophia Smith because she injured, but like we brought the squad. And... I just don't understand it. I'll never, I do not understand it. It doesn't make any sense. If this is just a logistics trip, you, knowing the competition, like, I just, I don't know. I will, I, you know what? I'm going to put it like this. I reserve the right to completely change my mind and opinion and eat all of my words if he puts Crystal Dunn in midfield. Look, if he puts I will Crystal get a little tattoo if he puts Crystal Dunn <laughs> in midfield. Don't say that. <laughs> I will literally get a tattoo of him. That's how that's don't how little confidence that. I have that that it will unfortunately actually happen. Yo, if you end up with a black coat tat, I'm gonna be done. I can't do the pod oh. with you. <laughs> <laughs> look, it'll look. I didn't say a I didn't say a real tattoo. Look, I'll go find. I'll go design my own temporary tattoo that says Vlako Andonovsky, and it'll come off in a week. <laughs> oh my God, we won't. We won't be. We won't be recording that week if it happens but <laughs> yeah. like like yeah, yeah i oof that but yeah, my that Vlaco is the... Andonofsky temporary tattoo that's how little <laughs> confidence i have that he will actually try something new in these two games same absolutely and you know what i also don't i also think that even if he does try to do something new it's not gonna matter because no disrespect to new zealand but we know the caliber of the team they got and especially when they're losing double digit players that they're not going to have because it's in the middle of a lot of those players' seasons, and they're not going to be like, sure, take some of our players for a game that's not even in the FIFA window. So, like, I like they're not even going to be forced to do anything different. It ain't like they're going to be pressed a lot, like in midfield, to where they're going to have to, like, change their midfield structure or see what, like, it's just going to be useless. If you have, like, two players back and defending, acting like maybe two eights or doing a double pivot or doing something interesting, it's going to be so unnecessary because you're not going to need to do it. New Zealand's not going to test you like that. Not this New Zealand squad. So, like, I do not get it. I, like I said, I hope they learn the coffee shops and what's good there and what's not. I hope they figure all that stuff out because the games, there should be some goals. That'll be fun. If Trinity Robin hits, like, a 30-yard rocket, that'll be dope. I'll go crazy about it on my timeline. But in terms of what they're going to learn that's going to help them later on this year, nada. Yeah. I mean, maybe play a listen. Maybe we should see if Crystal Dunn can actually be a goalkeeper. I'm confident she can be. Don't do that to Chris, please. Please. I, I think I think she's please. the only player that could actually like be a sick goalkeeper. I mean, she's also I, really I, short I, though, so that's a problem. Look, she I'm got hops. Uh, she, she does, hops. but but I mean, and she's takes, smart. It, it takes time. Like, you, <laughs> like it, it takes time to fly through the air and get to the ball. So like, it's it's concerning. Maybe we should come up with a list of uh, being a. What's the opposite of a bingo card? <laughs> like we can do a bingo card of things Vlaco won't do. <laughs> uh, a lot of yeah. Things. Well, that's it for this episode. Well, hold on. We got a heated what? and hyped. Do we have no? heated and hypes or are we, are we, are we, are we just done? Are we done? I think we're done. I was just going to keep it short and sweet. I didn't okay. even go off on a player who I was 
going to, who actually now officially has retired from New Zealand to focus on club oh. competition, which is hilarious. <laughs> you were going to go uh, off on her sake? Because of what she tweeted about Ordonez. She... Oh, well, I don't know if it was about Ordonez. I felt like that was more about the front office. Because, and I, yeah, hey, listen, Look, I agree I with her. So I understood it in immediate, like, an yeah. instant reaction. But then when it came out that Ordonez wanted to go home and the club was letting her do that. Especially yeah, when we know how but, trades and stuff work in the NWSL. I was like, I personally would have taken that down. Because it, like, looks like now you're not supportive of one of your teammates who, like, I mean, I guess not former teammate, but one of your former teammates, like, going home. You know, like, I, I and know. I read it completely differently. I kind of read it, like, in terms of, like, she said they still suck at trade. So I think she was looking at, like, what they got for Ardonias because I felt like they could have done better or at least bring in somebody who, who like scores goals or like used to scoring goals in the league. Like I know they took a chance on some draft picks, but like get somebody else in, like do some sort of like actual trade that helps out. So that's the kind of way I read it, that she was like a little mad about like what they got, not necessarily that their teammate was leaving. Like I know they're sad and upset that t- their teammates leaving. I mean, that's, a, I mean, the being here in Ordonia is leaving in one off season is going to be real brutal for that team. But in terms of Rodonia's wanting to go, I felt like it was more so like if that's the case, then like, you know, do a little bit better with that deal. I don't know. I don't think I don't actually think that the deal was a, a bad deal. They got hundred thousand dollars, the number what the number eight pick, which we now know that these like first round picks are going anywhere from a hundred thousand or like a hundred thousand dollars anywhere up to how much did Angel City pay for that? Four fifty. Four hundred fifty thousand dollars. So if they get like Ordonez, or sorry, they lose Ordonez, but they get a hundred thousand dollars and a top ten draft pick, which let's—I'll just say it's now one hundred fifty thousand dollars up to four fifty. It's really like three hundred fifty thousand dollars in allocation money. Like I don't know. I don't think it was actually a like of. I don't agree with what North Carolina did with that number eight pick. But for example, if they had traded up to get a Messiah Bryant and Izzy Diakia like you know got another player with that then i think it would have been a smart deal exactly but exactly. like that, but that's on north that's on north carolina's like recruitment agreed but like if like but that doesn't have to actually do with the the structure of the deal cuz in theory that number 8 pick is probably worth anywhere from like i'll just say like it's worth $200,000 in allocation yeah. money then that's really $300,000 cuz they also got $100,000 in allocation money yeah, no, I mean, I, I can definitely see that. It's just like, I don't know. There aren't too many players who can score double-digit goals in the NWSL. And Ordonez did that and was actually, like, injured and could have probably challenged with the golden boot if she wasn't and she didn't injure her shoulder. So, like, you're you're looking at that being, like, a high, high, like, valuation, especially coming off that season and scoring as many goals as she did. So, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I could see it a couple ways, but, yeah, I kind of I kind of more so saw it as, like, a shock thing and, and maybe – as opposed to like not being like against Ordonez herself, but yeah, I mean you are right. They could have they could have done better with the picks, and then it's like nothing. You actually bring in two goal scorers, and hopefully one of them pops off, or they both pop off, and then you look good. But you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm still very confused about their draft. I mean, I was very confused about the draft, but I don't know that the we suck at trades thing. I was like, I this is not sitting. This is not sitting right with my spirit. Hmm. Also, it wasn't sitting right with my spirit because I was like, they're actually letting a player kind of take control of their career. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. that part's dope. And you know what? You did it. it that was your right. heated. That's how I... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm not heated about it because I understand what you're saying. Like, what you're saying also makes complete sense. It's, like, more about the front office. But I just feel like the way it was, like, couched together. Yeah. It was no, just, like... You. I don't know that it just didn't it didn't sit right with my spirit because we also know like that the you know like teams have been trading players and stuff and so if like I don't know if someone from Gotham tweeted that out about a player like leaving I'd be like that also doesn't sit right with my spirit yeah yeah no I I feel you I feel you I see where I see where you're coming from on that one and yeah it's a uh, but I see where was, you're coming from was... too. It was kind of it, a, it was sense. just kind of a wild thing. We were like when we saw that tweet, we just like passed it around the little like journalists. <laughs> we were, were all like, like "Oh, bro!" In the middle of the draft, you dropping elbows on your squad, on your front office. That's hilarious. Um, 
But yeah, so um, you know what? You did it. Well, it's not quite a heated. I don't want to keep saying you heated about it because that's wrong to do. But we, I just we had wanna... a, a final thought. Exactly, a final thought, and I'm just going to end it with 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 a hyped because what I'm hype about is the Australian Open started, and you know what? Because it's the Australian Open, that means it's in Australia, which means y'all need to get your reps in for the World Cup and understand, like, get your sleep deprivation reps in, figure out how you feel on three to four hours of sleep, get into the Australian Open. It's a dope event. It's one of my favorite Grand Slams, but now use it as a training opportunity to get you ready for the 2023 World Cup. That's all I got, and we out here. I just... I just plan on being in Australia, New Zealand, where I will not have to get those reps. Manifesting it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora U-T-D-P-O-D. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.